Hello and welcome to this next episode of Black Moon Lilith uh, with the beautiful Michaela. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, um, I'm very excited to be able to have my podcast running now and you're listening to me and not seeing me. And that's a cool thing because you can listen to me as you drive home from work. But I don't have any intro or outro music at the moment because I am very technologically blah. So please bear with me while I get all of the intro and outro music happening. Um, That will be happening definitely coming into 2021. But for now, I think the talking and the content means more than fluffy, sparkly bits. Anyway, to be completely honest with you. However, I know that it's a bit of an up level. Um, So I'm loving that we can do these conversations which are available to watch on YouTube, on my YouTube channel and on Michaela's uh, as well. Uh, And then of course, Tiani Talks is the podcast. So you can listen to that anywhere. So now get ready to hear a lot more of Tiani talking and talking to magical, magical people like the beautiful Michaela. And so we had such an incredible response to our um, talk last week, Michaela. Um, I've had so many messages, so many listens on the podcast. Um, It's been really delightful, really, you know, teaching people more about, especially women, but men too. We want to, we're going to touch on men today and how the Lilith archetype, uh, especially maybe the toxic Lilith archetype, uh, Michaela's got a great story around that, how that can enter in the male's the male through their own Lilith and through their own shard as well. Um, There'd be some sort of level of submission, I suppose, with some males as well, Michaela, like that that, that submissive sort of energy where they allow the leaky woman in because of their own you know, they're not standing strong in their own Lilith too. So we we can really dive into that. And we're just going to have a little bit of a play. We're going to, you know, talk about some cool things today. We're recording this um, on the 18th of November. Again, we're still a deep in Scorpio season. And of course, and you can't make this shit up um, uh, because you can't make anything up because the planets (laughs) are everything. Um, The sun today is exactly opposite uh, that fixed star of Algol. And Algol is actually um, a Lilith star, a part of a Lilith trinity. Um, So 26 degrees of Taurus is Algol. um, And you know, this is this is a part of uh, Perseus, uh, Medusa. Um, it's a it's it, it's a very demonistic, um, you know, demon, sadistic, toxic fixed star, which to be honest, scared me a little bit when I first read it because my Venus is 26 degrees Taurus. Um, So it's an exact conjunction. However, I see the mysticism as well, because our goal is also around taking wisdom and becoming your own God. There is madness, there is truth, you know, and if you've ever met me, there's madness and there is truth. Mm. Um, And me and Michaela were just talking in a, in a funny way, because obviously Medusa has uh, a part to do with this constellation in Perseus as well and she's the hair right and we were just talking I'm like I'm sick of my hair I get so sick of my hair and then what were you saying Michaela oh just that Lilith is associated with the wild messy and co-furred um hair like it's always for those of you that are on listening on the podcast we've got this wild untamed hair and and that's a Lilith signature She's wild and untamed and Medusa and and her wild Gorgon snake hair. And I always think awesome, awesome, beautiful creatures, whether you're male, female, you know, um, non-binary, which is interesting, um, with the dreadlocks. That is so Medusa, hey, and how um, mainstream public can judge people on how they look, especially the dreadlocked ones, hey, the beautiful Medusa here and and Algol star in the decapitated head of Medusa is the binary star, the the twinkling eye of Medusa. Yes, because Algol is really bright in the sky, isn't Mm. it? Yeah, he is extremely bright. So he's the blinking eye of Medusa, yeah? Well, it is the blinking eye of Medusa, the Algol star. So I only know a little bit about it, um, but the energy that you feel with the magic and the mysticism to really um, 
really transform and regenerate with that serpentine blood. You know how we yes. spoke about the regeneration of the blood. Yes. I, I don't really follow mythology that well. I just catch in on little snippets, but the regeneration of the blood to move away and transmute that demonization of the story where she's been demonized, mm, that where is... we've been demonized by society, where plants have been demonized. Anything that's been demonized by the patriarchal society has got this incredible potency for rejuvenation and why the powers that be don't want us in, in our magic and our mysticism. They're creating the fear mm, around this, mm. these potent Black Moon Lilith energies, hey? Mm, I love that. That's amazing. And so interesting about the dreadlocks being, uh, you know, um, connected to Medusa, of course. Like I never put that together, of course, you magical woman. And I had dreadlocks in my Same. 20s. Yeah, <laughs> in my 20s. And now I'm fascinated to go, I want to go, I'm going to go back and look at when I got them, like what was Medusa doing in the sky? Because I'm pretty sure my Medusa is 22 Pisces in the sixth which makes sense because the six is everyday ritual routine and I've never wash, washed my hair. Like I wash my hair every couple of weeks. I don't own a brush. I was just saying to Michaela, I just bought a brush. And the only reason if you're watching the video is because I washed it because I'm going out tonight because it's just been matted, matted mess. And that's what my stepmom used to say. She was always like, just brush your hair. And I'd be like, no, no, I could never brush my hair growing up. So it's probably why my hair doesn't grow very quickly because it's not been stimulated. Like as a teenager, it was just, they would call it clumps. It was just clumps and knots. And then I went and got dreads in my twenties. Um, I only had them for a little while because I'm a very tactile person and I couldn't feel my head anymore. And I hated it. So I had to get them brushed down and my hair was like Barbie hair. So that's really interesting that, yeah, Medusa, you can check out your Medusa um, on astro.com, see where she is um, and see if she's making, you know, and, 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 and what's your hair story. I think that this is really cool that we've sort of gone into Medusa and Lilith around that wild witchy hair and like you know and if anyone watches me live they always know I move my hair eight million times because it annoys the shit out of me um I've never been brave enough to to shave it off nor will I I'm too Torian and liberalizing for that but um but so fascinating I love that and I love mm. this regeneration of the blood as well and um yeah and I think today it's just so powerful that the sun is exactly opposite Al Gore you know like this is a this is potent that we're going to, you know, yes, we're not going to talk too much about him, but just, I just wanted to mention that he was a part of this, uh, this Lilith star, this trilogy of Lilith as well. Right. So um, wherever 26 degrees of Taurus is, is actually where that Algol star falls. And for me, it's in my eighth house conjunct Venus, but funnily enough as well, there's this stellar Lilith where she reaches her height which is also 18 degrees of Taurus and my son and Chiron are exactly 18 degrees of Taurus so the mm. Algol Lilith you know it's so like it's it lands on me exactly for me asteroids and you know obviously for me when it comes to asteroids and fixed stars it's 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 exact one or two degrees absolutely tops that's how I work every astrologer is different some astrologers will go oh you know it's six degrees away no worries but you know for me uh when it comes to you know do you have something at 26 Taurus like that that's important and me and and, and mm. me and Michaela did you know want to share uh instead of going through the 12 signs of Lilith because we sort of touched on last week if you haven't listened to last week head back and watch it uh, watch or listen but we touched on you know in what house and we just sort of talked a little bit about our Lilith in the house is where she expresses herself and I sort of said to Michaela should we do signs and she's like oh it just gets a bit you know you, you know it's just rambling off Aries Taurus we get that but she's like let's talk about if your black moon Lilith is actually conjunct something or making a strong aspect so we're going to touch a little bit on that today we're going to touch a little bit on the toxic part of um uh, black moon Lilith and sort of that reclamation of uh, that sort of emotional maturity and taking control of your own sexuality as well which is you know a, a also a level of emotional maturity and harnessing the black moon Lilith so I reckon we start there and um, let Michaela mm -hmm. let Michaela share some of her great great wisdom bombs around around that 
And also I wanted to touch on that um, everyone, please be aware that we, we're touching on some very sensitive, controversial subjects here. And before you dive in, just be aware that we're, um, we're limited by time in what we express in these segments. And we don't necessarily have the space to dive and unpack everything completely. So if there's any reactions or strong responses to what we say, just also keep in mind, we can only touch on things in a particular way. And so um, grant us, please grant us that grace when you listen to us, because we're trying to do the best that we can in honouring everybody's story. And at the end of the day, it's not about shame or judgment. It's touching on extremely controversial subjects that have been taboo from thousands of years. And whatever is being played out in the collective now or individually ultimately comes from a place of wounding where we were all separated. We were all driven and separated by fear of the patriarchal conditioning. So we all need to come back to this unification, each and every individual one of us. Absolutely. Bang on. Thank you for saying that. That's okay. It's because she's got satin conjunctus. Um. Mm. <laughs> mm. So she's bringing in that beautiful setting the tone. I love it. It's perfect. And I agree a million percent. Mm. So the Lilith was always um, admonished for having wild, wild hair and shamed for how she looked. Mm, and a good. lot of this goes back to how distracted we are by body image and conditioned by society on what is attraction and seduction? And I could almost cry at this point because I'm sure we've all got our individual stories around poor body image, body dysmorphia, low self-esteem, lack of self-love, whether we've experienced ourselves, we know beautiful loved ones. We've all been touched and indoctrinated and um, this is a strong Lilith story, hey? And even our attraction to the other, when we're in relationships, sometimes we can be absolutely empowered when we're by ourselves. Yet when we enter into relationship with another to receive love and the old stories and narratives that get activated around being worthy, what is attraction to our partner? How do we feel about our image in the mirror? And also as we get older as well, because let's face it, it's all about the youthful mm -hmm. sexualized energy. Mm -hmm. Glamorized, you use that word? Glamorized. glamorized. Mm -hmm. So glamour magic, yes. Mm, glamour mm -hmm. magic. Scratch the surface, see what's a bit deeper. Quite often I say to people that are in toxic or disempowering relationships and they can't break that sexual magnetism, you know, there's a very strong sexual chemistry, I say close your eyes. Close your eyes and interact with the person by what they are saying and the energy vibe that they are putting out rather than the glamour image that is being projected. And also... Um, Working with the curse of sacred mirrors where when we look in a mirror and we get a distorted image of who we really are has always fascinated me for many, many years around this mirror, this physical mirror representation. I've journeyed a long, long time with this. It's a very old curse to break. Mm. I love this shit. This is yeah. so good. Ah, this is and so good. Again, I could talk for hours. I won't. 
to me, it was a curse <laughs> that was put on the sacred mirrors. And as we know, the glyph mm. of Venus, because we bring in Venus, mm. the glyph of Venus, the circle with the cross is the sacred mirror of Hathor. And I, I mm. feel as a witch that thousands of years ago, a curse was put on mirrors to distort mm. us with our feminine image, our sensuality, our sexuality, our, our embodiment of who we are beautifully encapsulated however how much energy and distraction from our power our feminine strength our energy and our capacity as women to change the world but how many of us are so distorted and held mm. as prisoners by our lack of self-worth around our body image and it's a really really hard one to break Oh, my God. It's huge. It is absolutely huge. And this is two Taurians talking too, right? Like two Taurus suns, Venus, the glyph. I love that you've just talked about that mirror curse because holy shit, like, whoa, I'm just, yeah, I'm sure everyone else is feeling the same thing right now. So bless your mirrors, offer mm. ritual and prayer and ceremony to your mirrors. Mm. I used to, when I traveled a lot in my twenties, every time I went into an airport, you know, into the ladies toilets and there mm. was mirrors, I did a breaking of the curse on the mirror. So, and do it with any mirror that comes into your home, any mirror that your daughters or your sons mm. look into because they are so conditioned by social media mm. and we won't go into cosmetic surgery. We, you mm. know, like I said at the beginning, there's so much. This is Pandora's box. It is. It's so Pandora's box. And even, and, 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 and continuing, but you know, if this is where we go for a little bit, it is a part of Lilith, which is why we're talking about it. Um, because I love how you were talking about like, the Lilith part where we're shamed for what we look like. And now you go into this mirror curse and the magic because you're such a witch. And I love that about you. And, but, you know, I've also written down Neptune, you know, Neptune is this glamorization and the media, social media, everything that we see. And even there's, for me, the mirror is Neptune. And I just, I just was reading before that Neptune raped Medusa, right? And Pallas Athena was okay with it. So we've got this, we've got this Neptunian illusion who raped Medusa, who is that, you know, there's an element of Lilith in, in Medusa, right? Like we've got this exciting, again, this wild, like beheaded, like all this fucking rad shit like this shit just like I'm frothing literally hardcore here because self-image body image stuff for me has been my entire life and it has been massive like massive for me and the, all of it makes sense once you start piecing together a your charts knowing your Lilith of course Lilith in the first house you know again that's the physical self which is my Lilith but again your Lilith too Lilith in Taurus that will be the same thing just like Chiron in Taurus again there's again there's this wound around the physical you know heavy Taurian placements there's this physical stuff and yeah oh okay yeah amazing I love the mirror thing this is amazing stuff that you're talking about Michaela thank you and I just want to say Awesome that you did the connection with Neptune and Venus mm. because Venus is personal love, personal empowerment or disempowerment with ourselves, whereas Neptune is the higher octave, the higher transpersonal love in its healthy expression. So any yeah. planet or sign has a healthy, functional, empowered expression. It also has shadow values associated with it. And we get to choose how to navigate this. We are the ones that are empowered to work with these stories, these planetary energies, these asteroids and sensitive points in our chart. And yeah, yeah. Neptune, Neptune, the higher octave of Venus, just like Uranus, the higher octave of Mercury, Pluto, the higher octave of Mars. So yes, this is this is what happens with the planets and Neptune. Again, this all-encompassing illusion of media, glamour, Hollywood lies. That's that's Neptune. That's cosmetic surgery, right there, right? It's cosmetic mm -hmm. surgery. Yes, Venus then in the shadow goes and does the alterations, you know. And this is mirror. This is the mirror. Michaela has given us this insight because for someone like, and again, and, and like Michaela said, 
give us grace here. This isn't about shaming anyone who's done it. If you decide that that's what you want to do, I'm all for, you know what I am? I'm pro-choice. When people go, oh, vaccinate, vote vaccinate. I'm like, guess what I am? Do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to eat McDonald's, eat McDonald's. If you want to smoke marijuana, smoke marijuana. I don't care. It's actually not my life. Like, I don't care. So if you do something with your body, but what we're talking of is something deeper here, something that is steeped in and the the mirror stuff, this curse, I, I'm loving that because that just really resonates with me. And, and I think very physical signs of natural beauty like Taurus, you know, I'm not saying that Taurians would never have surgery, but for me, I would never, ever inject anything into my body that's not real. I mean, I just, for me personally, as a heavy stellium of Taurus and a stellium in Libra as well, I could just never do that. For me, I'm not like, it, it, that. there's that toxicity and I don't know if, you know, and, and that's still with my own body dysmorphia that I've been through, especially in my 20s. It was a lot heavier in my 20s. I'm journeying with that now. I mean, I'm fucking 40 next year. Holy motherfucker! what the hell? How did that happen? Mm. But, you know, there's this level of embracing and, 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 and yeah, I mean, I just want to, I'm shouting out to Taryn Brumfit here because she has that doco called Embrace. If you haven't watched it, it is absolutely amazing. It's my go-to. I'm all about, you know, I'm all about um, accepting what we have in the mirror that isn't cursed. Does that make sense? Because of what's deeper. Yes. And Tiani, I just want to reflect back to you mm. um, and to everybody. It's very much pro-choice, pro-education, pro-empowerment for the individual the reason why i'm just reflecting back to you if i may why you're talking about you adamantly will not have any toxins injected into your body that is your lilith energy that is standing up strong because remember she does not want to transmute the toxins ideally or, and I feel like the best phrase that has worked for me is being immune to society's expectations. As exactly. Still having to journey, not, not denying, not like, oh, yeah, I'm just like so fucking in love with my body. No, having to do deep work on it because I do have Chiron and my son exact in, in, in Taurus. Mm-hmm. So there has been a very big journey. But the Lilith in the first for me in Scorpio is very adamant is that I am immune to that as much as it seems like, oh, this is the perfect way to live or the perfect body. I see it as a very uh, clone like way, personally speaking, again, not attacking, uh, you know, anyone else, no judgment uh, because and like, like Michaela said, she's reflecting that back because this is my personal Lilith journey. You will have yours as Michaela has hers, as our husbands have out theirs. Like we all have our own. And for some people, the dysmorphic or, or wanting to put something into them, there's something like there's something so, I don't know, Lilith, Neptune, like there's something else that's so, I don't know, you know, this deeper unraveling to be invited into, that would be my take on it. But yeah, yeah. thank Yeah. And I also want to say that with everything we're sharing, an individual does not have to have a strong resonance with the wounded story of Lilith. They may, I've had several people come and say, I'm actually walking. And these are young individuals in their 20s that are saying, I'm actually walking a very empowered lived experience of my Lilith energy. So you don't necessarily have to have a strong wounded story. The gift of Lilith with all of this, if we do have a wounded story, is not to stay stuck in it, but to meet her and transmute it into a very progressive, empowered way, because that's how it's unified. We all are in the Garden of Eden empowered and this will serve the progression of humanity and the unfoldment but the gift of Lilith as the black moon is that she adds clear direct objective input and energy which is exactly what you've touched on Tiani is that we don't get caught up in the emotional entanglement the emotional drama, she will drive this razor sharp edge that is very clear and objective. And that's the importance to remember of the Lilith gift. Sometimes the unhealthy expression of the more um, conditional emotional moon story 
there are conditions around receiving mother's love or family dynamics, family stories. Not for everybody. I'm just saying there's so many different ways in the kaleidoscope of how this works for the individual. I love that. I love that. I've written here about, um, because I'm like taking mad notes like a mad scientist (laughs) um, as Michaela talks, but this addiction to chaos, this addiction to the wound, like Michaela said, and the addiction to the drama right like it's it can be such a thing that women and men can get into that this addiction and I know that we're going to talk a little bit about that sort of again this sort of uh toxic power from the feminine that will sort of weave into as well this sort of uh me and Michaela were talking before we jumped on and and she was talking about um this 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 edge this fearful edge that women are afraid to go go to so they portray or again maybe be addicted to the toxic feminine Lilith to gain the power again the toxic power and then that's what they project right like it's just a wound being projected it doesn't define them and they haven't yet uncovered or transmuted as you said Michaela the way to to transform their Lilith to be more empowered and emotionally stable sexually stable in control of sexual energies and output because come on ladies we have that control we are responsible for the sexual energy that we project only us right so there's that element as well and I I love that you were like yeah you know don't don't feel that you have to be, uh, you know, you, you can only share the wounding story. And that's what I'm loving about these conversations with Michaela too, is that I don't feel very like I have been in my wounded Lilith. You know, I felt, I felt very empowered by her and the, the story hasn't been about the constant wounding around that. Whereas, and this is about breaking that because that's the patriarchal Well, I'm going to, you are wounded, witch. You look like this. You know, I love this curse of the mirror, like all of these things on us women. And then it becomes, then it becomes either, uh, either an unconscious addiction or, um, you know, or a filling or a void. So, and that can be, you know, uh, sex, attention from men, uh, you know, oh, my twin flame is married. So I'm going to go and ruin a fucking marriage. Just your hot tip. Your twin flame isn't someone who else is already married, just saying. Um, let's not get caught in that fucking rabbit hole of lies. Um, but, you know, there's a, yeah, and that's a whole other episode. But, mm-hmm. you know, there is this, you know, the mm-hmm. illusion that the Neptune of twin flames, I've written about it in my book anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, I think that, again, there is this element of, the 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 turning inward the reconnection to the Lilith the power the source the great source and letting go of that addiction to the drama and the wound which is fucking like that is where we embody the crone and and you know I see Michaela as that like to me Michaela is just this I love her so much um and you know she just has this it's this there's this level of maturity around your own sexuality and your own Lilith story, no matter where she's come from. And Michaela has her own Lilith story. And she's going to talk a bit more about that one on this episode too. So yes, it can have come from somewhere to evolve. And some people it's naturally, that's the way it's been most of their lives, whatever, but yeah, like go into your Lilith story and where, where, if anywhere, is there still this sort of, toxic immaturity around your sexuality or around your power or around the attention that you seek you know those sorts of things like I think that it's a really it's actually a really empowering question to ask if you're really honest with yourself around the answer thank you Tiani and um, I do have to say I've got Saturn conjunct the sun which is getting stronger the older I get so I'm currently in my Chiron return Um, and I want to say that with the curse of the mirrors no one taught me that. No. That's I didn't true. learn that in no. a workshop. Mm-mm. Yeah. That was how she comes through me, as in comes to me to teach me, to show me the magic. And that's how she introduces herself to each individual. I find it's nothing to do about the mental intelligence, which we spoke about in the first episode 
It's this deep trust in our intuition and our gut. And how do we meet her beyond the veils? Very Neptunian. How does she come through the veils to us? How do we open up a direct psychic hotline to Lilith in her very healed, healthy expression? It's like any shamanic work. When you, when you call in your ancestors or your guides, you call in the healed, the well, the happy, the healthy aspects. It's using this laser-sharp um, discernment when you work with magic and Lilith to be very clear to connect in with the healed, empowered, healthy aspect through the veils. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. And, and that's, I'm sure, what both of us, our intention is with this work, ultimately. Mm. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. And so let's just go that next layer of, uh, you know, how it can show up for a man. And then we've got even like a little bit of composite chart stuff that we'd like to share as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, and, and even just talking a little bit about the, the masculine Lilith, like how does the masculine, how does Lilith show up for the masculine? Because this is about repressed feminine. And, of course, is it is it that it was so patriarchal, you know, man, you know, harden up, don't cry. Is it more of an egoic thing, how Lilith expresses itself in a, in a man's chart because it is a feminine energy or is it just the way they express their power? Like I'd love to hear how she comes through in the masculine and then also then what he can attract from the, the from that sort of woman. I'd love to hear that from you, Michaela. So what I want to just touch on before I dive into that is as a woman, I need to... Um, put a caveat in that when your toxic masculine story is triggered, be incredibly vigilant that you don't project your toxicity, your anger, your rage onto your partner because you're not seeing your partner as an individual soul. You see him as a dumping ground for the rage of the unhealed Lilith energy. Hallelujah, sister. Hallelujah. Yeah, and I've actually done that. So I'm learning by my own life experiences because this is a massive, massive collective story that's in our psyche. So I'm just trying to give you some tidbits there that I've learned by my own mistakes as well, this projection and this volatility and this poison that can get projected onto whether it's your masculine romantic partner um, or your partner, it, it, biological sex. You know, it's, it's not really about that. But in this example, it is because we're so furious at the patriarchal conditioning, we don't see our beloved's face. We don't see the individual soul. We just see them as a dumping ground and... Oh, Hell hath no fury, hey, mm. if they come within our vicinity, if we're in that place. Very so much so. This is where we need to refine and mature. And I, you know, it is a process. We need, we are all learning this. We're all in this together, hey. We are all in this together. All us beautiful creatures are learning to be in this together, to heal, to heal her, all of us. Yes. So, I've only looked at a few men's charts and listened to their own story and my heart really goes out. It's, it's hard enough for us, mm. let alone the masculine finding their place. Yeah. You know, and we all have the inner feminine, the inner masculine, and we all have and can choose toxic expressions of that. So... I have come across men with very interesting Black Moon Lilith placements, conjunct Venus for some. Um, the ones that I've looked at that have been in the eighth house. So we've talked about the eighth house. You might want to share your reflection on that as well. I'm just talking about her 
in respect to being conjunct Venus is that these men, and it can be generational conditioning, which is what you touched on. We do have generational conditioning depending on the age. Mm-hmm is that and how we've been conditioned social constructivism our upbringing our family of origin around this is where i've seen the distortion of in a way being respectful to women traditionally but then um not standing up for themselves when they meet that very strong toxic projective aggressive physically abusive energy and I know it runs on both sides but I'm Mm. saying there's usually a power over a power dynamic within relationships and some men have experienced unfortunately the very unhealthy toxic energy in their female partners yeah and and what you, do they you, do with that? And are you saying that some of the men that have experienced this have Lilith conjunct Venus and maybe yes. Lilith conjunct uh, the moon? Um, you know, yes. there's that element of the female wounding, so to speak, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And, and predominantly placed in the eighth house. Now, yeah, wow. again, you don't have to have that story associated no. with the eighth house. So don't jump in and think, oh, my God, if, you know, my partner's got it in the eighth house. Yeah. That eighth house, would you like to dive into the eighth house because you're an eighth house woman and you you just share the energetics of it so brilliantly? Well, also, uh, you know, I just want to quickly say too is that wherever your man's Lilith is, I think that that's something to take note of. Like I'm just looking at my husband's now. His is uh, conjunct his son in the sixth in Capricorn. I don't know. I feel like then there is this element of, you know, it plays out in the ritual, in the routine. You're going to see how it plays out. So this is what Michaela's saying. In the eighth house, it's going to play out in dark magic. So it's not saying that this is everyone's point of call just because your partner might have Lilith there doesn't mean that you're a dark woman or that you're abusive or toxic or whatever I mean Lilith in Scorpio which I have in the first you know not the like we can't just say you know it's the same like yes the eighth house you know is conducive to Scorpio that those occult like energies the darkness you know it is you know us eighth houses you know we we see without our eyes you know we feel without our eyes that's just our sensory that's the way we are so I think that a, a Lilith in in you know a possibly a Lilith in very similar to what you've just said I really like that let's look at where it is so the woman could bring magic but, you know, there could be, and but you've got to look at the eighth house too, that's sex, right? So that's sexual energy, like literally the eighth house is sex. You know, I mean, traditional astrology, it says the fifth house is, but I actually say that the fifth house is flirty sex, fun sex, romantic. Oh, I had a one night stand, right? Like that's fifth house. If you mm-hmm. meet, if, 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 there's a, if there's a guy that you're, you're hitting on, he's got a stellium in his fifth house, he might be a little bit of a player. Just going to put that out there. Not always, not every story, but the fifth house is fun sex, partying, drinking, recreational sex, one night stand sex. I don't have anything in my fifth house. I've never had a one night stand in my entire life. I can't do that, but I've got stellium in my eighth house lots of planets and for me you know that sexual chemistry and energy it's more than sex it's merging so of course the lilith and the eighth house energy can be very much that merging of ethereal stuff like it's it's sex in outer space even you know you've got maybe women doing magic that's like hooking in to the man over there and stuff like that you know this is this is the deeper part of and the darker part i must say i'm not saying this is always it but this can be the deeper darker unhealed wounded and that's what we're talking about when we sort of go on these tangents it's not this is everyone it's just the dark unhealed wounded especially eighth house so yeah and also um this is where the individual whether you're man or woman but in the man's chart he's got this deep fascination with the dark mysterious magical witch energy but she's got that edge so you know the sexual magnetism the very dark occult magical high ceremonial energy but also the very dark destructive but then we have creation and destructive it's the vital energy life force maybe the individual instead of projecting that out to attract 
that type of person in, remember there's always shadow values and healthy expressions, needs to journey deep, go on a shamanic journey, mm -hmm. go on a shamanic journey and meet that black moon Lilith mm -hmm. in your own chart. Because once you meet her, man or woman, and integrate it into yourself, you will not be seeking her externally. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. There's some aspect that you're attracting in that you need to look at. Maybe it's a case of standing up and going, no. And this is the hand, the asteroid of Lilith. No. And we've probably all done this at some point, stood up and said, actually, no. I'm not attracting in a toxic, unhealthy relationship anymore or those qualities or traits in a partner. This is the boundary that Lilith is setting for me and I call in a very healthy expression of that same potent energy. Yeah. 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 There's the potential for all of this. Yeah. And so what about you know, if we just sort of, you know, so a man can be attracting that sort of Lilith energy. How does he channel his own? Do you feel Michaela? Uh, well, I feel the same applies in that we all have a, a choice and are we going to express the shadow values or the healed expression? Yeah, I so would it, would it, could it research. be like a sort of like would would a would a you know like a unhealed Lilith in a guy could that be toxic in a way you know those very I mean yes we could look at Mars and we can look at so many other things but if we're just sort of talking Lilith I mean Lilith Adam banished Lilith so he had the power so then Lilith is in the man's chart, right? So there can be this sort of like overbearing, over-egoic way, like it could fling that way, like the guy just Absolutely. A, has no level of connection to his own sense of A, feminine, and like, you know, there's this element of like, I would never allow that to happen to me. Like it's his own rage, you know, like I am that enraged man, right? Like that's sort of how I'm seeing a very unhealthy Lilith play out in a guy, in a, in a man is that enraging man. But then the there misogynist. can be the misogynist, exactly. And then there's absolutely the that more submissive. You know, the, you know, and maybe he's got it conjunct Venus or conjunct the moon. So there's a bit of a feminine wound there because he knows he threw her out. He knows he wouldn't let her have the power. So when she comes back in, he's like, he's like, oh, I'll do whatever you say. I'll do. And, 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 if, and if she knows, it's just like, well, that's, that's the toxic feminine because she knows she can take advantage. And, and this is where when you were talking earlier around mm -hmm. uh, when you're as a female, it's very important for us to A, understand our own masculine and if we have toxic masculine within us and if and exactly what Michaela said are you dumping your shit on your man I also talk about it uh in the emasculating of a man mm. it's something mm -hmm. that I've never done and I don't know what it, it's be a, a myriad of things in my chart because I just I have so much respect but I mean I've also been with my husband for nearly 20 years and I also have um uh my Apollo hits his no his Apollo which is like a God hits my Pluto. So I have like, he is my King. Like, and that's how I see him. I'm not, I, I, I can't talk from many different partnered experiences, but for me, I have never emasculated my husband. I watch women do it to their husbands and I find it so disrespectful. Like I could never do that. I have such a reverence for my husband. And this, this is because my, you know, we've got an Apollo Pluto conjunction. That's the reason. So when you go deeper into different things, you can see why, why things play out. But for me, the emasculation of a male is a very uh, unhealthy uh, triggered and angry masculine within the feminine and then she and that's where everything Michaela said earlier is the dumping so you can you know there is so many things to look at in that there's definitely Lilith but there's also your Mars like how healthy is your Mars um, and you know you can look at other things as well but I just think that that's a really fascinating way of working Lilith into an individual both male and female and then an integration of a relationship right Absolutely. And there's always the conscious and subconscious expression and the integration of that. 
so Tiani, I'm fascinated. Like in your composite chart, yep. How does that play out for you both? If you if you want to share, like the composite Black Moon Lilith. Yeah. So I think that because it's in the third in Sagittarius, it is a lot to do with our communication. Like that's mm. what it is. And so if we are to ever hurt each other or there's anything, it's, it's words. It's always words and not, uh, you know, yes, like, of course, no relationship's perfect, but it, it's sort of mental. Like for me, I might be into like thinking, overthinking too much. And I think that it's also conjunct Uranus. So it's sudden, it's sudden, it happens and it's over as well. So it's something that I think that the problem with, with me is, is that I have Neptune in my third house. So I forget things pretty easily, which is probably good because I'd be the person who if I was diagnosed with cancer and I was older or Alzheimer's or something, I'd just forget that I had it and keep living a great life. Like I just go, I haven't been sick in years. And then my husband's like, I remember like two months ago you were sick. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't remember that. Like it's just a part of my makeup, like joy and light. I, I'm a shadow walker, but joy and light is like, uh, you know, I focus on those things. So for me, I think that it sort of makes sense that it's Uranus and, and Black Moon Lilith together because it's it's sudden. It happens and then it's done. It happens and then it's done. Like, you know, it's we move on. I think, you know, mm. and, and it's interesting too because we always talk. We do. We, 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 our communication is incredible. And obviously after two decades together, it just gets deeper and richer. But for us, that's been a pillar in a successful marriage is communication. And it makes sense. She, she holds us in our marriage by being ultimate communicators, like by us being able to share deep, dark, like I am able to just fucking destroy myself and he just holds me in that and I know you know and and his own shadows and his darkness we we know that and there's this level of uh, you know and he taught me more than I taught him when it comes to just loving and accepting the person as they are not how you want them to be not how you think they should be I had to process that earlier when I was like early 20s but Joel taught me the unconditional love and I think that Lilith plays a part in that because she's come in and it's this it's this mental game for us it's the deep connection we have on a very mental level like we really just we're telepathic, you know, like I was we, gonna say, yeah, yeah. with Uranus, yes, yeah, yeah, we're telepathic. Like we I ring him and he's like, I literally just had that. I mean, I know a lot of that happens for couples too, but for us it's very, very it's just always been like that, like ever since mm-hmm. we first met. So not as we've gotten older, like our telepathy and just the things that we can think and say and say like just everything. Like the other day, literally I was just like, Oh God, today I wanna just I feel like just being on the beach and having some ocean waves. And then I got into work because we both work from home and I got into work and he comes out and it's like, babe, like we need a bit of a beach getaway. Like, and I'm like, I just freaking thought that. And so we literally just like booked a weekend up the beach. Like, you know, like we just, we're so mentally in sync. So I think Lilith definitely in our chart has definitely like, there has been some dark or not good words. Okay. Like they really haven't been, but that, it was very early on in our in our relationship you know and it's not, not nothing's perfect but I'm just saying that I think she holds us very strong she comes into our minds and she gives us these yes the sudden psychic things the sudden those sudden flashes and they're great but then also teaches us the communication to not repress to not suppress to actually share these things with each other you know we've got an incredible sex life sorry anyone out there who's listening that's family but that's never been a problem because we share because that she is also about sexual repression so we don't have that in our marriage you know we talk about things like for us it's communication like we and and it's just so bang on and I'm just like yeah so that's how it plays out for us and I love it because you know you articulated her so well in the sign of Sagittarius she gives you that truth and that freedom and that liberation to transform the old wounding and with Uranus there conjunct it won't allow you to stay stuck in the stagnation or the wounding or the old narratives or you know sometimes that third house can go round and round and round and round those mental games that play out in your head that are actually illusions and may not actually be based on anything real you think you think you heard them say something and then you put it through your own personal filtration system activated by an old wounded story or trigger and then suddenly kapow, 
we're exactly. in this very dark emotional landscape. But yes. she comes through and cuts through to the truth for you because you communicate rightly, wrongly, whatever the words mm. are said. But she cuts through laser sharp to the truth and then liberates you with your runner. She will never stay down enslaved that is or like captured in that old, old narrative or story or um, imprisoned. Yes. And she will always liberate you into yes. the awakening consciousness, that progressive movement. And I would imagine that you're in such a committed, dedicated, devoted relationship over the decades that you must give each other the freedom and the space to be yourselves. Very much so. She teaches you. Yeah, yeah. And you've, love just, it. you've nailed it even better than I have. Like I love that. I love hearing those interpretations to teach me more because what you've said about the loops and the things like that, absolutely, especially at the beginning when we're both early, you know, we've been through so much in 20 years, you know, three of our parents have died, we've lost a baby, all the things. Like we've been through so much and back in the early days, like the loops of things that could come up. And because I do a lot of work on myself with my psychologist and stuff, it's those old wounds and those old triggers. And I remember my psychologist, I had a story going on and she's just like, but, but what you're saying in your mind is actually not the truth and it's not what he's saying. You just keep telling yourself that. You need to drop that. And immediately I could drop it. I'm not someone who does because I've got a Mercury Gemini too, so mm-hmm. I'm quite a flexible, malleable sort of mm-hmm. mind. Um, but, and I was like, yeah, exactly. Like he isn't saying that. And I think that that's a very interesting point that you've made too is that sometimes, and let's just, we can say this for anyone, but yes, for us in our composite, is you're hearing things that aren't actually happening, giving them your own uh, filtration and going over that loop which is always of course from an element of old wounding and trick and all those sorts of things right so it's so empowering and yeah you're absolutely right we do not get stuck there often and it's you know the way it yeah it's very evolving and it's very awakening and it's very liberating you're so on and yeah we are both very much um about the freedom as well like we've got that our composite uranus is zero degrees zero zero sag so just like whoa like let's just and we're both very much about you know, I'm me, you're you, and we choose to be with one another, you know, like we don't need, we're not codependent. It's not any of that sort of stuff. So yeah, Mm. great, great. You know, thank you for your interpretation of that, Michaela. It's amazing. Thank you. And I always feel that when Lilith was exiled and banished out to the desert by the patriarchal fathers, she left Adam rather than subject herself to someone else's values and principles that didn't align with her. Now, I'm not talking about cosmologies or belief systems or opinions. I'm talking about values, principles, very Venusian, yeah? Mm -hmm. And she went out to the desert. I always feel that, and I have heard this interpretation before, this contemporary interpretation, that it was out in the desert that she met her, her shamanic lover and true equal partner. And I would imagine both of you hold each other in that space where you might also challenge and question each other's belief systems or cosmologies or, no, I don't agree with that or, you know, but ultimately underneath the equality and the partnership and the dedication and the commitment to each other because you're aligned in truth with your values and your principles. That is bang on, Michaela, absolutely bang on, absolutely bang on. And we're both very, very passionate people. So Mm -hmm. as humble and as quiet as Joel is, as a person, he's passionate, he's strong, um, you know, he's, yeah, and, and our values are very very strong for us too I mean I've got Uranus in my second house um he's got Mars in his second (laughs) so you know like there's strong values for both of us individually and then together let me have a look at if what we've got in our second together that would be interesting but I want to also hear about um your composite too so in our second oh yeah we've got a stellium in our second we've got uh in our composite, we've got Saturn 12 Libra, Jupiter 18 Libra and Pluto 24 Libra, stellium in the second. So that just shows that values exactly. I mean, this is without Michaela even knowing, like this is how rad she is. So that we have, the, it's it's the core values that we have uh, that, that, that surpass anything else, the differences and things, because you've got to be different. You know, like I think I love, I, I love synastry. You know, I love composite, but I love synastry too. And I love if there's some hard aspects in there because 
that gives some depth and some oomph and some passion. And I've read synastry charts for years. They've both got Venus in the same sign, both got Mercury in the sign. I'm just like, look, it's beautiful, but fuck, is it a bit boring? Because he disagrees with everything you say. <laughs> like you can do whatever you want and he'll go, whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, and, and I learned early on that I had a I had a Cancerian guy before I met Joel. Joel's a Capricorn. He does have a cancer mid um, a cancer rising, but I had a Cancerian man and it was, there was an ivory tower. He had me at the top of it, his stairs, and he just adored me. I mean, I think the Lilith for me, I've had a lot of men just adore. Like I haven't been with a lot of men, but they've just adored me, right? And I don't like the clingy masculine. So when my ex-partner was just, oh, anything for you, yeah, whatever you want, I was like, this is boring, you know? And we had beautiful synastry. Everything was magical. Our sun and moon was conjunct and all the things. But me and Joel have these edges and they're different. They're polarizing and that is that is what it lasts for 20 years and I mean we've got to remember that uh you know love Liz Green says love can overcome any karma in the chart and I do believe that you know just because there's uh very harmonious synastry or composite between two people doesn't necessarily mean they'll be together forever hard aspects and and an interesting composite stuff too can really show a long longevity in a marriage and relationship so don't get caught up if you know these two signs don't match up because guess what it adds a layer of depth that you won't find if it's just too easy if that makes sense absolutely and i love that tension and friction because it keeps things alive. That's where the passion and the vitality is. And, and you know, um, I, I'm in, an, in a uh, fairly new but uh, committed relationship over the last year that's getting stronger and stronger. And we did check out each other's charts before <laughs> we got together. I can't help but. And um, we've got strong Aries aspect. And and I always find it fascinating, the projection of outside people um, that said, oh, you're very different, you're individuals. And my reaction is, well, that's, that's a great thing, you know. That's awesome. I love it. Mm. I'm exactly the same as you. Why would you want to be exactly the same or mm. have it too composed or too easy? I like that friction. And someone... Um, a dear friend said to me the other day, you know the sign of a true relationship the first time you have to stand up to your partner and say no to something they've suggested mm. or where you want to say no, how do they react mm. in that moment? And that's a great one to go by. How does your partner receive you the first time you stand up and say no? And that is so good. That's like just I'm cracking up here because it's pretty much until I met Joel, any guy I was with or anything, yes, 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 yes. I, I didn't hear no. And when we first got together, because we were only like, 19 and 20 or something when we first got together or maybe I was 20 or yeah 20 and 19 yeah I was 20 he was 19 um I was like oh you know and because I'm so used to being the boss and and getting my own way always getting my own way the guy will always say yes to me and I was like oh we're gonna do this today and do this today he just literally looked at me and goes nah I'm like what's this no you say like what's this word I've never heard this word before he's like no I don't feel like it I'm like, yeah, but that's what I want to do. And he's like, no. And I was like, this is a keeper. I didn't fight it. I was just like, oh, I've got a mountain of a man. Someone, he was only 19. It was so, he's always been like a Buddha. He's wise as, but I was Capricorn, just like. Capricorn, hey? Capricorn, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just so wise. And I was just like. Oh, and my, my IC is Capricorn. So his son hits my IC. So, of course, I feel very at home with him. But the fact in of, the home. Yes, exactly. Mm. And the fact of it is, though, is that when he said no, I was like taken aback, but then really turned on. I'm like, oh, someone's actually saying no to me. Like, I'm not used to this. I want a guy with balls, not an aggressive guy, not an egotistical guy. And Joel is none of those things. He's one of the most humble, accepting humans you'll ever meet. Very wise. Not that typical machoistic sort of he had a Maori mother so there was no way that she was raising a fucking guy like that but you know but strong in himself he's got an Aries moon you know <laughs> strong in himself and I was just like finally I've been told no and I think that that is a great uh, a great question is yeah how 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 is the relationship when you say no very very, and friendships. very good yeah and friendships, and, friendships. Yep. and I love it it sounds like and you would know 
he is the Shiva to your Shakti. Yes. He holds that strong container, but with really healthy boundaries. boundaries. Every relationship's mm. going to have its ups and downs and yes. challenges yeah. and tensions and, and disagreements. That's how we grow. Exactly. It's just the way that it is. But finding Black Moon Lilith in your composite is fascinating when you look at no matter how long you've been together, how did you meet? Yeah, and, so share yours, share your oh, journey. So um, with my beautiful partner <laughs> now um, who it was interesting, managed to get through to me in a phone call. We've got South Node and Gemini and he must have known. I knew there was someone coming. He knew too and it was through the communication that we met through the phone rather than visual representation. Mm. And he captivated me with his conversation. I've got Venus, Mars and Gemini. Hello, you know. Yeah. And um, She needs a good bloody convo. Yeah. Um, but he's very direct with Mercury and Aries. And mm. I've got, you know, lots of Gemini. So I go all over the shop and he's just very clear and direct. Just give me a straight answer, yes or no. <laughs> So our black moon Lilith and our composite, the mean is one degree cancer, but the true is eight degrees cancer in the 12th house. So we felt each other coming. And we connected beyond the veils. And the most important thing was that individually, we have got this incredible deep love for the mother, black moon Lilith and cancer. She goes beyond the personal love. This is our individual and our partnership with the service and the work that we're here to do because Black Moon Lilith conjunct the South Node. We've got North Node and Sagittarius in the sixth house. We're here to educate and through our everyday sixth house ritual and ceremony and service to the work that we do, we're individuals, but we bring through this magic and mystery of the 12th house in connection to the great mother. This is oh, her. Mm. He's an earth warrior. I'm a star witch. Mm. And this has been our connection. We've got a cancer rising composite chart. Mm. Moon wow. and Taurus. Moon oh, and Taurus conjunct the sun and Taurus in the 10th up at the mid heaven point. And um, our Venus composite Venus is in... Um, Gemini so you know we still challenge each other mm. and yeah I'd be interesting on your reflection of a composite um, black moon Lilith and Cancer in the 12th very watery because mm. I would love your reflection because when it's our own it's very hard sometimes mm. to see it objectively hey mm. yeah and I think that with anything in the 12th, like there's deeper work to be done because there's the, um, because I mean, we've got to remember the 12th house is the blinding sunrise. So it's hard to see sometimes. So for both of you to see the collective uh, repression and then and then healing and 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 then and then healing that that's going to be really quite powerful I mean I know that you've been together for 12 months and so that's sort of that that will be a beautiful journey but it is it's this I think that through meditation through yoga and of course through nature I mean the 12th house is uh, Pisces ruled for you guys uh, you know it's in cancer even though cancer is your um, rising so so obviously then uh, you know uh, Gemini rules your uh, rules your 12th house so there's that element of communication but I think that communicating with spirit which is how you met which is actually really beautiful like the communication was how you met so yes your black moon Lilith is in cancer but she's in the you, you know your 12th house is ruled by mercury uh, you know so there's that communication mm. thing there but then that you know I feel like it's such a nurturing karmic relationship like they're the things that I get because of that 12th house and then because of it being in I love that you've said that you know your devotion to the mother and that's mother earth but that's the mother the womb the woman you both have that reverence in the relationship which I think is very special and then you've got a bloody 
Taurus moon as well. Hello, that is the goddess. Like you just can't, you know, you can't even make that shit up. Like that's really special, which means that Mm. the moon is in sextile to your black moon Lilith as well and sextile to your ascendant. So they're talking to each other really well. Like you guys are feeling something that is otherworldly. You're feeling something and that's where... That's where, you know, in your uh, unraveling as you continue your relationship together, whatever's hidden or repressed, you're both going to, you know, you're going to both, uh, you're going to feel it first because of the the cancer and the Pisces, but it's going to be like this excavation nearly, not eighth housey, but a, a bit similar because it's still in the 12th house. It's mm-hmm. still hidden. It's still on that subatomic level, like surfacing. And because you're both aware, awake humans, like it's going to probably already surface. So you can see where it plays out and able to heal that for one another that's what I feel too it's like a very big healing for both of you as well it is incredible reflection and and there's that uh picking up from where we left off yes because it's karmic because it's 12 it's karmic mm-hmm. absolutely feeling that and um strong individual connection to spirit and see I think this is so important and you've reflected on that in your relationship as well, not getting entangled in codependency, individuality, individual expressions is so, so important. And in karmic relationships, you don't always want to have so many connection points. It's like, sometimes it's nice to clean the slate to move forward with where we are now, hey, to be, to be aware and individually owning our own journeys and then coming together in unity and conscious relationships is so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. And, I, and I just think that that is probably the best place to end because I know we've been talking for an hour. So I think that that is a perfect place about conscious relationships, owning your individuality. I think that a healthy Lilith knows that she's separate, but she wants to be embodied or enmeshed, but, by a deliberate action, by a deliberate choice, not because she's codependent. Um, an unhealthy Lilith is that codependent, the projection, the toxic, the drawing in or the, or the, or the dumping on the masculine. I think that, um, you know, to end there is probably really, really powerful. Do you have any last words, Michaela? It's been so magical. Again, we, Again. Just, have to, we just have to keep doing these, let's be honest. I think so. <laughs> um, Symbiotic relationship, walking side by side with the wind blowing um, between you. Mm. And I, I think how you finished it is perfect, Tiani. Yeah, and that what you just said was perfect too. Love it. So thank you all. I want to thank Michaela for coming on again. And don't worry, we will be back because I think that these, they might not be weekly, but we will actually be doing more of these in in 2021 um, because we've got lots of things we can talk about. And if there are any suggestions on what you would like us to talk about, whether it's composite charts or more asteroids or, you know, different things, we are both, uh, you know, um, Michaela's now labelled me the queen of astrology, which, of course, I pretty much cried and was humbled uh, because obviously I'm, you know, 10 years younger than her and she sees me. Um, I have always labelled her the queen, but I think she's the priestess. I have to, she's the star witch. So that is, you know, the beautiful, the beautiful Michaela. So, um, yeah, if there's anything you want us to talk about, that's great because it'll give us, uh, you know, direction because we'll just get on here and we'll just talk about anything to be honest but we really wanted to have that bit of a deeper dive into Lilith in Scorpio season so we hope that you have enjoyed this episode and we can't wait to come back and share so much more thank you so much Michaela thanks Tiani and thanks everyone for joining us